Good morning, everyone. Holy cow, we got a good one for you today. Welcome to 30 Minutes with Spyglass Lending. I have an incredible guest, a fellow Indiana Hoosier, by the way. We both went to the same college. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, and, and, and a Midwesterner at heart, Margaret Williamson, owner and CEO of Persevere, uh, an American designer brand. This was started by her and her husband back in 2012, and she's going to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Margaret. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you so much, Aaron, for inviting me. This is such an exciting opportunity uh, to share parts of my story uh, from a unique angle, and so I'm excited. Yeah, and we're very excited to have you. So let's start with this. Why don't you, in your own words, tell us about Persevere, uh, the the company itself, and then we'll talk about how you got there. Yeah, definitely. Well, Persevere is an American designer brand. We're really creating the new uniform for those people who are pursuing those their passions, right? We um, fellow entrepreneurs who need to stand out, but for the right reasons. And a lot of times we're looking for ways to start a conversation. And we really believe at Persevere that those conversations can start with like, I really like that shirt or those are some nice shoes, right? It's those, those easy softball icebreakers that then give you an opportunity to tell a little bit of a story that then turns into you telling a story about yourself. And so Persevere is, is aiming to kind of take that spot and we focus on those American textiles. So a lot of leathers, suede, denims, corduroys, French terries, and we're making full lifestyle. So all the way from hats, glasses, apparel, footwear, luggage, uh, for men, women, and children, we are size inclusive. So we are turning 10 this September and it's yes. been an exciting ride. That is awesome. Well, congratulations on, on a decade long run already and many decades to come, certainly. And we could see, you know, there in, in uh, your name, PRSVR, yes. uh, which if you go to PRSVR.com, which you should and check out this brand, which is really amazing. And of course, you're are displaying some of it, not only behind you, but wearing a, a pretty awesome, incredible shirt as well, uh, just to give a little taste of it. And, you know, you you started this company with your husband, Brandon, right? Yes, I okay. did. You know, and it was really, it was, it was his brainchild. Uh, it was something that he started with his college roommates, this vision of a clothing brand, really a footwear brand is mm -hmm. what they were thinking. Uh, and I met him, you know, when we were kind of ending our twenties and he had this amazing framework that they had yet to launch a product. And I think I was ready to come out of the corporate world, but I had that, you know, that vision, I had the courage and, and thinking, you know, okay, entrepreneurship can't be that different from corporate life. Little did I know. Uh, <laughs> Little did you know that you were about but, to find out. Yeah. You know, I think I gave him the courage he needed for us to jump into it. And you know, now here we are. Well, he's he's the lead designer, but you are the owner and CEO. You are the CEO, the decision maker. And as you mentioned, the marketing, uh, the marketing guru behind it all. And and let's talk about that because, you know, I think as part of your biography, you talk about how you worked in the corporate world for a little bit and this prepared you or maybe didn't quite prepare you for everything, hopefully, but you learned along the way. But, you know, tell, tell us what you were doing prior to this before, you know, joining up with Brandon and, and starting this, uh, starting, starting Persevere. What were you doing prior to that and how did how it led you to this? I am, um, you know, I graduated from IU. So, right. IU, yeah. go Hoosiers. And what year, by the way, when were you there? I love you, see how I date myself. I was there. I was there. I graduated from high school in 2000, so like okay. 2000, 2004. Is that right? Just just a few years ago. I mean, I graduated from IU yeah. in 2000, exactly. And both of us, Kelly School of Business. So I yes. was marketing. Were you also in? I was. Um, yes, I was marketing, and yes. yes, marketing. And I did an international studies minor. Uh, 
And from there, went to work for Philip Morris. So mm-hmm. I was doing territory sales. I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and uh, you know was experiencing that kind of B two B life, running you know about a hundred accounts. And at the time, the thing to do was to buy a house. And so I, you know, took that route. I mean, I was on that plan. You know, I had this whole plan for my life. And by the time I'm 25, you know, I'm gonna dot dot dot. And yeah, you know, it's like you check off the boxes as you go along. And I had the career, and then I bought the house and then I got engaged and, you know, I was kind of going down the list and found myself just miserable. Do you know what I mean? Crying every day in the car thinking there has to be more to life than this. And, uh, I was had it the pressure? I if, I, if I may ask, I mean, did it, did it feel like just that corporate pressure or like the fact that you put the pressure on yourself with the check, 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 what do you think was going on? I mean, you know, no, I think it was, you know, those dreaded expectations. And when you, you know, have the picture of what you thought it would feel like when you accomplish certain things. And then it just doesn't feel like that yeah. sometimes. And I think it was because I had someone else's list in front of me. You know, it was sort of like society's list of achievements that I was working my way down. And, um, you know, I was excelling at my career. I had, you know, at the time, you know, we kind of already dated ourselves. So we know when it was, it was a great time to be graduating with a great, you know, with an amazing degree in a competitive field. You know, I was starting salary at $60,000 was 21, you know, at 21 Mm -hmm. years old. Um, You know, it was, it was the, it was the life I thought I wanted. You know, I was taking my mom on vacations. I was working my way up the corporate ladder. you know, I was buying property, you know, it was like this, this traditional path and it yeah. just, something wasn't clicking. And so I, I sort of hit, you know, first it was really, I think I, I saw also the product and at the, the, I had come out of Kelly school of business really feeling like, you know, Hey, whatever the consumer decides to do is on them. But as you know, a salesperson working from here, I want to make sure that once they make that choice, that they're choosing the best product, right? And so here I'm telling the story of the brand and the good that we're doing. And so they had, I had thought about moving over to the community affairs side of the business, but then, you know, didn't work out with a move to Virginia and, and so come back to the sales side. And so, you know, long story short, I sort of turned 25 and said, okay, I quit everything, you know, broke up with the fiance, quit the job. And then what do I do with this house? and so I rented it out for, you know, a, to a tenant, you know, with someone I had met, like kind of on, I don't even think LinkedIn exists back then really, but through, you know, a corporate network, Sure. And he needed a furnished house. You know, he was taking a contract job in Louisville. It worked out perfectly until he left, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, stuck trying to become a landlord and have no idea how to do that as, you know what I mean, a 25 year old. Uh, trying to start life over, you know. Were you still? Where were you at this time? Like, so you have the property back in Kentucky, but where are you? Are you you're in Virginia? Uh, no. So I, you know, tr- tried to do, you know, tried to move back home to which, okay. you know, my parents were like, "You're not moving here." So <laughs> I moved in with my best friend in Indianapolis. So now I'm back in Indianapolis, where I went to high school. All right. And, uh, you know, trying different career paths. On, you know, it was like, well. If I wasn't going to take that job, I was going to go to law school. So let me, you know, go that route and get a job at a law firm and try that on. At the same time, I'm trying to manage this property. 
And then, you know, I would start working for a lawyer, getting a taste of that and realizing that that it's not at all what they make it seem like on mm-hmm. TV or anything. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's not every Fox show that looks so glamorous. <laughs> right. Not at all. Um, and so, you know, here I'm trying on different things and I get a call one day and the it's a neighbor from down in Louisville saying that the smoke alarms are going off inside the house and no one's there. Come to find out my tenant had just sort of vacated. Mm. and not told me you know it it was just a nightmare right (laughs) um so kind of going through that at the same time as trying to figure things out i feel like you know it it made me a little bit nervous about owning property and how to you know manage those things uh especially not being in your own backyard. I mean, just to, just as a quick aside, I, I own some property back in the day as well, thinking that I could be an absentee landlord, like from across the country, it was in Missouri. And I, I remember one of the tenants or not a tenant, but someone literally left a box of chemicals on the stove trying to blow up our house. Didn't know why, never really quite found out, but y- you telling the story of the smoke alarms kind of triggered that memory. And I don't, maybe something similar to happen. I don't know if it was a vagrant or wh- whoever was in the property that may have done that. You said the tenant was gone. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's not easy. No, it's not. You know, and there's not a ton of, um, I mean, hopefully there is today. I honestly haven't looked back into it. <laughs> um, you know, hopefully there's more education available for, you know, those people that find themselves in like, you know, kind of accidental landlord positions. No, no doubt about it. But, but fast forward a couple of years, you're, so you're, you're in Indianapolis, but your parents are, so you're living with a friend. Yeah. Uh, you said, because your parents said, you can't come back home. You're still out there on your own. Go make it. Uh, and and go parents. Good for them for saying that. <laughs> sure. I'll say that now, right? Now that right. I am. And at the time it was like, what? But of course, now we can right. look back and say probably the best. Yeah. Now that you're, and you are, you are a, a parent yourself, right? I am. Yes. I have three children now, eight, five, and one and a half. Oh. Yeah. Another thing we have in common, also three yeah. children, not obviously the same ages, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you're getting started. Exciting. That's right, just just getting started, two twins, six months old. But right. uh, so you're you're back there, you're figuring it out. Law firm didn't work out like you hoped or working for a, a lawyer. So what was the next step? Yeah, so the next step was, okay, maybe I want to be a news anchor. Okay. Like <laughs> and this. so I, uh, you know, worked my way into a like full-time active internship at the WTHR branch of NBC in Indianapolis and, you know, went through that. And it was kind of the same revelation again, like, oh, you know, this is not at all what I thought this Mm -hmm. career would look like, you know, from a day-to-day basis. Um, And then, you know, from there, I went to fine dining at Morton Steakhouse. Like, maybe I want to get into hospitality. Like, I really like sales. I like communication. Um, And so worked my way and became marketing director at Morton Steakhouse. And it felt like a little too stuffy and, uh-huh. you know, it's like, okay, well, eh, do you know what I mean? I think I had enough of pharmaceutical reps and, you know, I've, I've done that life already. Right. Uh, and so then I, then I, I kind of transferred over to a comedy club in Indianapolis and started yeah. managing doing kind of the marketing and management of a comedy club on the North side of Indianapolis. And that was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Almost a little too much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Been we've all been there, but this is an incredible tale, by the way, like the circuitous tale of your twenties of not quite knowing what to do, but having 
you know, you you had this incredible like this drive to say like I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try, and you got all these jobs. You did. You really got all of these jobs. A lot of people talk about that, right? I'm gonna make this transition. I'm gonna do this now. But not everybody has this ability to go get these jobs or even enter these these industries. And obviously, you did. So I, mean, I think you just have to, you know, you got to believe, right? You got to see yourself. That's what I always say. Like when you see it in your mind's eye, like you can believe it, and then you just kind of step in that direction and it's amazing how opportunities open up and then just you know kind of going for it uh, sure. yeah i mean it, it was it was such a fun path and I'll, I'll you know fast forward a little bit so that i you know went through the comedy club felt like okay i need to come back to the daytime world mm. and always had sort of a passion for fashion and uh, a girlfriend of mine owned a high-end consignment boutique in indianapolis at the time but she was going to become like the head legal counsel for the city of Gary. So she was moving and she's like, would you, could you, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so began kind of managing this retail environment. And at the same time, I launched sort of an online radio show. So similar to kind of, you know, a podcast is what they call it now. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but but back then we're still, we are still right? back in the time, right? We're not quite we there. Are, with right. Yeah. And uh, and so through that, I was actually covering a music release party and I was introduced to Brandon, who was going through town actually on a tour to market his app that he built for okay. uh, iPhones and Androids that was called Soul Search and helped find sneaker boutiques like all over the place. If you're looking for a specific sneaker and you landed in LA, you could find out where it would be sold. Right. Um, and so we sort of, you know, connected. Our friend was like, oh, you guys should, inter you know, you should interview him for your show. And, uh, you know, he always jokes that he never did get that interview. And <laughs> uh, But yeah, from India, you know, we, we met, we had a quick courtship. We met and married in six months. We ended up launching the brand six months after that and then moved to Chicago in January of 2013. Was there, uh, did you, did you begin talking about the brand? Did you mean talking about perseverance? Like, right. I mean, was this like almost part of the whirlwind romance? So like, and he was totally getting you excited was. about it. Yeah. You know, he, um, he was living in Chicago when we met. And so when he came back for kind of our, you know, first date, he had a duffel bag with him and it was this beautiful, like ostrich duffel bag. Yeah. And, you know, I sort of, I'm like, you know, I had to remark on like, that's a, that's a great bag. You know, where did you get it? And he's like, oh, I made it. And I didn't know at first, like, what to think about that. And then the same thing, he had on this amazing, like, quilted funnel neck hoodie with these huge drawstrings. You know, it was, again, like, I made it. And and so, yes, you know, from the first day, it was evident that he had this, like, skill of design and creation and then, you know, learning more about his background and, you know, that he'd been to Milan and he studied under, you know, world-renowned cobblers and he really understands construction and you know, he's traveled all over, so he understands the sourcing part of it. And at the time when his friend started, someone else was the designer. So it was like, you know, it was so easy for me to spot the opportunity. Um, yeah, I was you like, you, know, right in. And you said, I could take this. I could take exactly what you do and <laughs> let's let's blow this yeah. up. I mean, it, I think it's because I had stepped into working behind so many different types of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that it really... You know, I, I'd done big corporate, I'd done like big organizations, but then I had also worked for an individual lawyer when I worked at the law firm, you know, seeing my girlfriend have that consignment boutique, 
um, even the comedy club was a really independent operation, but with a bigger team. So I saw all these different levels and I understood that, you know, entrepreneurship and business ownership can and will, and we all hope looks like billion dollar organizations, you know, but it can also look like just what you need to provide for your family. Or somewhere in between. (laughs) Right. And so we've just decided to kind of grow our brand as we've grown our family. Uh, And now we're at a unique crossroads as we hit 10 years that, you know, our family is much bigger um, and we're ready to take the brand in a more public direction. Yeah. And, and, and we're, we're, I want to touch on that. Of course, we're going to get to that, but back to Chicago. I mean, it was six, as you mentioned, six months of, of courtship and you're talking about it, you're building the brand together. And, and, and six months later, after you moved back to Chicago was really when you launched at that point. Yes. Did you feel you were ready? Did you think, did you have everything in place when you did, or was it just like, let's just jump feet first and, and grow it as we go? Yeah. You know, we started as a digitally native company. So the way this was pre Amazon, um, And so it really wasn't an unrealistic perspective. The way we built the structure was that if you placed your order online, it took us about 10 to 15 days to produce that piece uh, one at a time, right? Like made to order and then get it shipped off to the client. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as long as production ran on schedule, people were happy and willing to wait for, you know, really nice leather pieces uh, shipped directly to them. We made a sample of each piece in the line and we just made it in our sizes. So, um, and because the brand is his and hers and my husband, I'm tall, my husband's tall, we really could wear a lot of the same pieces and show them how to style it. So we just, we made the first run of samples and we started, we went to different major events. We went out to all-star weekend and it was in Houston that year. We went out to Las Vegas for the magic, like big fashion trade show. And we wore the pieces around and people would just stop us. And then we would, you know, I wouldn't recommend this now, especially post COVID, but it was sort of like, come back up to our room, you know, let me show you what I've got. Right. Um, You're lugging it around with you. Like that's the best, that's the absolute best way. You're just out there literally showcasing it. And then, yeah, I mean, come on back up to our room. Let's party a little bit and yeah. And, 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 and check out our clothing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, but that is really how it went down. And, uh, you know, and one trip early on, uh, I think we launched like September of 19. So that February, uh, Tiana Taylor, her stylist saw that we were posting that we were in Houston and they lost her luggage and they were like, Hey, I see that you're out here. If you really are like, maybe you can help us out. And they had us go over and, you know, she's, she's in the room, Perucci's there. Do you know what I mean? All these other like, you know, celebrities and, you know, we kind of lay the line out on the bed. We have no idea how this is supposed to work, you know? And she's just sort of like, I love it. I love it. I'll take, you know, that one. Right. Right. Like, okay. you know, How fortuitous is that? They lost her luggage. They sought you out and you were, I mean, that's talk about opportunity knocking, right? That's incredible. That's where we always say, you know, it's like we're luck, you know, where opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, putting yourself in the in the in the position to to receive. Just right, yeah. Down. So she wore the pieces that night, she took a picture, posted on Instagram, and then it kind of, you know, took off from there. Amazing. Okay. And 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 you spent the rest of the time in Chicago over the next few years building the brand. What did that look like? I mean, we're, you know, besides obviously putting it on the website, like what were you looking for uh, to do in apparel? I mean, you started with clothing and then you wanted to branch out or you did you expect to do that originally or did it kind of take its, you know, a life on of itself? Right. 
the vision was to, I think, yeah, always be full lifestyle. From the beginning, we called ourselves an elevated lifestyle brand. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in, in having the image of Ralph Lauren in your mind, you know, of course, of, of just creating everything, you know, head to toe. But it started with leather and we were making to order. We then went into footwear. We started in the Pilsen neighborhood. So we found a, a work live space. We had a showroom in the very front. And then okay. it was kind of shotgun style straight back, uh, you know, went into like the kitchen and then all the way to the back. That's where we had our first child. Um, and then that's when things kind of started getting like, okay, maybe a little more separation would be good. You know, we'd have like clients knocking on the door and I'd be yeah. like, you know, Maybe like trying to. <laughs> I mean, mid, like a mi- mixed use commercial <laughs> space is great if you can really keep it separate. But that that's funny, yeah. Like it really, yeah. I get that. I get that. Let's find our own space. Right. We so we separated um, the two and moved the store to still in Pilsen at 18th and Halstead, which you know now it's this booming great uh, little arty district yeah. uh, in Chicago. And from there, it was kind of uh, through just. Again, putting ourselves in the right place at the right time, we moved from there all, all the way down to Michigan Avenue, which is that main shopping thoroughfare in Chicago uh, in the Bloomingdale's Mall at 900 North Michigan. And that allowed us to, uh, you know, I think we, we, you brought up commercial real estate. And sometimes, you know, people are hesitant to get into that, but it really can be such a resume builder. You know, it's almost like, well, this institution believes in them enough, you know what I mean? And is willing to partner with them. It makes, you know, even your end users, your end clientele on the other side of your website, more confident in doing business with you. Uh, Did they seek you out, by the way? Or was it a partnership that you were knocking on their door? Hey, take us in. Or were they looking for you ultimately when they realized you were growing so well? I think like one of our clients somehow got in a shared Uber ride with the marketing director of 900 North Michigan. (laughs) <laughs> she just started talking about like them wanting independent Chicago brands to fill some of these vacancies. And he recommended us. And so she, yeah, she reached out, she came over to the shop and that was that. Yeah, Unbelievable. Another fortuitous account. But like you said, I mean, this is what happens, right? When you've got the right. people out there for you uh, who believe in you and, and what you do, that that's exactly how it happens. Exactly. Out in you. That's awesome. And so we stayed there. We were in the mall for like two and a half years. I was then now pregnant with our second child mm-hmm. and just feeling like I wanted a little bit more flexibility and freedom. You know, being inside of a mall setting, you're still held accountable to other people's hours and schedules. So I wanted to be back on street level. So we moved to the West Loop area mm-hmm. in Chicago. And then crime kind of became a factor, mm-hmm. just kind of feeling like, okay. Is this where we want to raise our kids? Do we want to stay here in the city? Um, and there was always something in us that knew that the brand was bigger than Chicago. You know, we always say that Chicago is an amazing place to build your boat, but then what? You can't really sail it anywhere. You're you're right. still stuck right there. And right. so we went to Atlanta. Well, no, then we opened in DC. We opened a you know pop up. We thought we'd be able to maybe like go back and forth and just have you know some separation. And then we developed what we call like a roving retail experience. So we decided, all right, we'll make these sort of extended pop-up shops inside of neighborhoods to give those people in that area an opportunity to come in, touch the clothes, try it on, then they can feel more confident purchasing online. When you Forgive me, would you say extended pop-up shop? Like how long are we talking about? Just a few months you'd be in a location or a little longer than that? So with DC, I think that one was, yeah, about like six months we did. Mm-hmm. And Brandon, we had a management team out there and he would kind of go back and forth 
But again, that was that same time I was pregnant with Brave, our second child. And uh, it just, we realized we needed to be out there. Like if it was going to be our store, we probably needed to be on the ground that that's really what was special about the in-store experience. Sure. Uh, and so then we decided to go to Atlanta and move the family to Atlanta, open up there. We did it in the Buckhead neighborhood, moved into uh, one of, the, they, they do a lot of like stores and houses down there. Mm -hmm. and, and so we renovated one of those facilities and turned it into our showroom. You're saying like a single family residence you took over down there and turned it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, it's like a little area. So it's like a lot of little businesses that do Very that. Cool. Maybe like an interior designer or like a barber, you know, just like this little row in Buckhead of yeah. artisans. Uh, it ended up being next door to like Black Ink Crew. They opened up one of their famous tattoo parlors like two doors down. Um, and so that was an awesome experience. Uh, totally different. Loved Atlanta. Um, great clientele, but wasn't really the right fit for our family mm -hmm. uh, and where we were at. And so we didn't know where we would go next. And we decided to do like a series of shorter pop-ups. So we, um, luckily Brandon's family was, allowed us to like bring the whole family back to like their house. And, you know, they had enough room to, to put us up with, you know, with our two kids and allowed us to spend a year going like to Miami, going to LA, going to Brooklyn, to Detroit, trying out all these different marketplaces just to sort of test the response to the product and, and see how we felt. And then opportunities opened up for us to come to LA. And we decided, yeah, in January of 2019, we moved to LA. Yes. And by the way, how, I mean, were, was this like exciting to you? You were like, yes, this is really what you wanted to be in Los Angeles or were you thinking yeah. some, some other place? It's funny. I think it was like maybe, you know, our second date or something. Brandon actually had already accepted a position out here in LA <clears throat> to manage a, like a high-end sneaker boutique. And so he asked me like, you know, I think you're the one, I think we're going to do this. Like, would you move to LA with me? And I wasn't ready. You know, I was like, you know, no, <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> not yet. Not uh, yet. Give me a decade, but yeah, let's see. How yeah, we, let's, give me yeah. give me a decade and a couple kids, and let's see how it goes. Yeah, we, you know, we always joke like, "Well, what if we've done it then?" And it's like, I have no idea. Like, right. Mm. But I mean, I, I'm glad we have the story that we have, and you know, now we're out here, and I don't know what's next. You know. Re do you have a retail spot here in Los Angeles? So we have a showroom in Burbank, and then we mm -hmm. just actually concluded a retail experience that we did. We moved to the Stevenson Ranch neighborhood, so out in Santa Clarita. Yeah. And, uh, and so the mall there at Valencia had a ton of vacancies, you know, as we see across the country, post-COVID especially. But before that, it was happening. Now it's just horrible. And yeah. it's put a lot of these retail landlords in interesting positions. And so we have a program called Activize where we can kind of go in and stage vacant retail, like, you know, corner stores. It was, this one was actually a previous Michael Kors space. And mm -hmm. so they want, you know, a high dollar amount for the property, but Hey, if everything's vacant, how are you going to woo even a national tenant, especially. And so we kind of negotiate, you know, much lower than market rates and go in and, and set up shop and they bring in, you know, different potential buyers. And, it, and it's just this is also a short period of time that you're in each of these yeah, locations. Yeah, so we did Indianapolis. It only took, you know, we were hoping it would take longer, but it only took like 45 days um, wow. for them to then woo a, a market rate tenant. 
out here, we were here for three months. So we did like December, January, February, and then it happened like right in the middle of March. Uh, but you know, it's a win-win and I think it's a program that hopefully, you know, more retail, uh, retail landlords will be open to, uh, just to and essentially what you're saying is the infrastructure is already in place for a, a you know, a clothing operator to move in, in and out very quickly. Right. I mean, because that's, that's essentially what it's all set up for these, these spaces you're talking about, the showrooms are kind of there. Uh, so the turnover is easier that way, but like you're saying, if they're finding that long-term tenant, hey, they have to give them precedence. How can they not? How can they turn that down? But in the interim, sure, you're there for the ride. I mean, because it, you know, it hurts everyone. Um, you know, yeah. same thing when you walk by and it's just everything's boarded up and blacked out. Even when you have like an Apple store there or an anthropology, like, well, you kind of would rather take the family to the Apple store at Old Orchard. Do you know what I mean? Where everyone can you know, walk around and enjoy different things instead of taking it to a place where the rest of the stores aren't active. Yeah. And the brand itself now, I mean, is really head to toe. I mean, going on your website, which is an incredible experience just to go on the site and look around and see everything, which is awesome, by the way. But I mean, literally, you you cover it all, right? I mean, all of it is there. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have more plans, but our goal is to, you know, really believe that any moment could be your moment and you want to be prepared and sometimes we can get caught thinking like what should i wear what am i you know and how do we stand out but for the right reasons i don't want to be too loud and we really create that clothing that's for your special moments mm -hmm. uh, and then to whatever degree and level you know if it becomes your everyday with pieces like the polo um or if it's you know a very special on stage moment and you want to be like full leather full leathered out uh, it's a visual way to remind yourself and everyone else like to persevere and keep going and you know resilience erases defeat kind of thing love it i think we should end it there because we're hitting our 30 minute mark right on and that is a great way to end margaret williamson from persevere ersvr.com thank you thank you thank you again for joining us today that was an awesome uh journey of your own and telling us your story and how you how you've gotten here i mean you know Sounds like you've already made it and you're crushing it, but I have to assume that as the decades go along, this is going to blow up big and you're going to do incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for the time, for the opportunity and uh, wonderful experience. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Sure.